In the weeks between episodes, we may discuss stories that we found interesting, but didn't have enough information to warrant a full discussion. This is one of those weeks. In the meadows east of the plateau that was once Old Waterdeep, between the river and South Gates, is a road named the South Cliff Way. It's generally quiet, with only a few side roads coming off to the east, mostly leading to farms. But three months ago, on a warm spring evening, one particular home became a hotbed of activity. This is Vice and Villainy, reporting on the criminal and mysterious. We are your source for the stories that shape your world. This week's story. I have a friend in Waterdeep, Arvin Nahal, who volunteers for the City Fire Brigade. He says it's normally a pretty straightforward job, spending most of his time waiting or sleeping. Once per week, he's at the firehouse with the rest of the volunteers and paid firefighters, trading stories, cleaning and maintaining gear, or usually sleeping. Normal things done on normal nights. The last story he told me was anything but normal. It wasn't a night Arvin normally works when the call came in. The city guard needed a safe opened, and in cities as large as Waterdeep, it was usually the fire brigade, with their specialty tools for getting through doors, windows, and other entrapments, that staffed safe crackers. A rider was sent to Arvin's house, and together they packed his tools and headed to a remote house off South Cliff Way. The driveway was long, curvy, and filled with city guard horses and wagons. The house was large, with several other buildings on the property. City guards wandered around the property, checking the outbuildings and reporting back to a pair of scribes. Arvin's escort ushered him inside, instructing him that they were heading to the basement. Throughout the house, Arvin saw city guards ransacking the home, emptying out drawers, overturning beds, and even cutting holes in pillows. His interest peaked, he wondered what he'd find in the safe. Arriving in the basement, He saw more of the same from upstairs. However, a few things stood out. First was the large table, four feet by 16 feet long, completely covered in weaponry. And not just covered, covered four times over. Swords of all kinds, pole arms, daggers, maces, flails, you name it. And next to the table were two massive piles, one of bows and one of crossbows. The second thing that stood out was the quality of the bar the owners of the house had constructed in the basement. It was almost an exact replica of a Maiden's Tears tavern. It was extremely high-end and very well done. Third were the extremely well-dressed half-elf and halfling sitting at the bar, arms folded over their chests, watching every move the guardsmen made. Arvin told me that he remembers raising his eyebrows when he saw the well-dressed pair. Hurried along, his escort brought him to the safe, where several other guards were standing. He placed his tool bag on the floor and began to examine the safe. It was large, three feet wide by three feet deep and six feet tall. 
It appeared to be regular steel, and with a couple of knocks in specific areas, he determined it not to be overly thick. The guards had already detached it from the wall. Asking why they didn't start demoing it, they replied that it was the fire brigade's job. With a shrug of his shoulders, Arvin moved to the rear of the safe, pulled out a large thick metal chisel, and began hammering it into what he believed to be one of the seams, a weak spot. As he hammered, the chisel began to sink in, creating a small hole. Pulling it out, he then angled it down and began hammering again, effectively cutting the metal with the tip of the chisel. After 30 minutes of this, he had three sides cut open, and with a careful pull, was able to bend the entire back panel down, opening the safe from the back, never having to mess with a key or combination. Almost as soon as he had peeled the panel down, the guard stepped in and began to examine the contents of the safe. Arvin was asked to stand back, and while everyone was focused on the safe, he took a few moments to scout around. There were probably eight guards in the basement, five of which were now focused on the safe. The two well-dressed individuals were still sitting at the bar, but also focused on the safe. Seeing one of the remaining three guards near a bookshelf, Arvin walked past and saw that the bookshelf was pushed back, revealing a secret door to a tunnel. He tried to see how big it was and where it went, but the guard noticed him and told him to move along. With eyes now on him, Arvin collected his tools and began making his way toward the stairs. As he passed the two well-dressed individuals, the halfling stopped him, saying, You didn't see anything here tonight. Replying that he indeed saw nothing, Arvin really wanted to know whose house this was, who the two well-dressed individuals were, and what everyone was really looking for. He continued upstairs, mounted his horse, and was escorted back to his home. Upon arriving there, Arvin thanked his escort, to which he replied, For what? I was never here. If anyone out there has any information about who owns the house, who the well-dressed individuals are, and what was so important that a house was turned upside down, please join our Discord and share what you know. We even have a channel where you can remain anonymous, protecting your identity. Thank you for listening. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at ViceVillainyPod. Vice and Villainy is a CLDG production. Thanks for listening. This is Corey. You can find me on Twitter at dndiapers underscore.